You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it is time for an all-new episode of Let's Taco About. Uh, I'm going to start doing this at the top of the show from now on, um, like I do with the Criterion Break. If this is your first time listening to Let's Taco About, welcome. Make yourself comfortable. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you found your way here. Uh, Let's Talk About is an interview show uh, where I have a guest on that I find interesting or, you know, well, I mean, I I find them interesting, but usually it's a local artist or someone, you know, who I somehow happen to get on the show and we spend a little bit of time talking about their life and uh, what movie has had an impact on it. Um, The whole kind of purpose here is just to kind of show that everybody Uh, has been affected by movies in one way or another, and I like to kind of get to the heart of the story of a movie that has really made an impact on their life. So, yeah, that's kind of the general sense of what this show is all about. Uh, And this week, uh, it's something a little bit different is happening. Uh, Casey Kelderman is my guest today. He is one of the founders of Backlot 605, and they will be hosting their annual Schmuckies Awards. It is their kind of uh, best of the year uh, uh, in film. Uh, Well, they'll have like best picture, best director, best actor, actress in the supporting categories. Um, And they will be having their live Schmuckies presentation Thursday at 7 p.m. That's Thursday, February 10th at 7 p.m. at the Spellbound Magic Shop in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, or you can watch it over Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Casey is a good friend of mine, and this is his third time appearing on the show. He's part of the Three Timers Club, um, and Casey and I are talking about a movie that is very near and dear to both of us, uh, that is also a two-time Schmuckies nominee, um, and that is Bo Burnham's Inside. So, go ahead and pop your popcorn, grab your soft drink, kick back, relax, and let's talk about Inside. All right, everyone, welcome to an all-new episode of Let's Talk About, and this is the second half of the uh, Schmuckies Media Blitz uh, on Fat Dude Digs Flicks, and I am uh, deeply honored and privileged to have my good friend on the show today, the co-founder of Backlot 605, the the I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, Casey. The 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 general brains of the operation at Backlot 605, Casey Kelderman. Casey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, Andy. I'm doing good. <laughs> it's fun to talk to you in like podcast voice because like I don't talk to you like that. I usually just say, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, just regular voice. But I gotta I gotta heighten it a little bit. Make this make this a big deal uh cuz this isn't just an ordinary conversation for us. This is business. This is business. No wrestling talk today. None of that. There's, 
We're down Listen, to business, and that's it. There, there's going to be wrestling talk. Oh, <laughs> Always is, Andy. There's going to be all kinds of just random stuff coming up. Uh, yeah, Casey, I have you on today, not only to promote the Schmuckies, uh, which is actually happening this week. It is time. It is time for the Schmuckies. Uh, but to talk about one of the big nominations for the Schmuckies, a controversial nomination for the schmuckies bo burnham's inside uh i am uh beyond excited to finally get to chat with you about this this special um because yeah this is uh if there is anybody that i know that this important feels like it was as special to them uh as it was to me you're the guy so i am i am Really thrilled to get a chance to talk with you about this, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, Casey, I think I'll just start things off with a general question. How you doing, man? How you been? I've been been awesome. Been very busy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, doing the podcast every week that takes a lot of time to do. Uh, but planning and and getting ready to uh, put on the Schmuckies Awards. It's it's a lot of work, but it's a ton of fun because I think it's something cool and different, and it's a it's a little bit outside the box of like our usual live shows that we do. That you know we do the top twenty countdowns, which are always fun, but this is kind of a different beast of its own. Uh, trying to put together kind of a variety show, a mm-hmm. special, if you will. If we're yeah. we're going to talk about a Netflix special later on, that is also a movie just throwing that out there now yeah but uh yeah it's 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 a lot of work ton of fun we have so many cool people that are going to be a part of this and i'm excited to talk about all of them but yeah i mean all of us at at backlot have been super busy putting this together catching up on movies from the past year uh and still arguing about what should and what should not be nominated uh <laughs> during our version of of, of uh, i'm gonna steal a charlie Eccles phrase our version of the WWE Slammy Awards <laughs> coming and up with the Schmuckies. I, I feel like that's kind of on par for what this is. I mean, this is this yeah. is uh, like I mean, it's a movie awards show, and everybody wants to jump to the Oscars. But even as someone who loves the Oscars, the Oscars are stuffy. Like they're super stuffy, kind of dull. Like it's just it's very uh, formulaic, and there's not really any room for surprises. With the Schmucky Awards, uh, there is personality to it, and it's it's never the same thing. Like it just feels like this this beast can change while you guys are on the air you never really know what's going to happen and i think adding the the comedy element the music element the magic element to it i think getting that getting to be kind of a showcase for local talent as well as an award show i think it makes it something so it's really special so yeah the slammies is a very apt comparison i think for what the schmuckies <laughs> is kind of going apt for. apt for you me and charlie and that's <laughs> it because no one knows what the slammy awards are right everybody else just give us a weird look like uh the can you compare it to something i know mtv awards yeah. but cooler the teen choice awards yeah there you go there you go but rated r yeah not as <laughs> hip either that's right that's right so I, one thing I think I've always wanted to ask you, Casey, because I know, like, I know how 
I know how busy it is on my end to try and plan and coordinate a podcast, but for everything that you guys are doing, like, what is, what's the process like for you for planning stuff for backlot? Like, I know you guys are, are, have a schedule that you have set for the year of what you want to cover. What's, what's the process of trying to organize everything and how much, how much of that are, is everybody doing like how much, what, what work does everybody have to put in to try and bring everything to life? Cause it just feels like, like you guys are a constantly moving machine. And, and there's so much going on all the time. And I think now, you know, with adding different elements to it, it just seems like it's even more. So how do you, how do you guys plan it? How do you guys work on, on getting everything put together? It's kind of a, an ever-changing beast because when we first started it, it was kind of, well, every week we'll just kind of come up with something to talk about. And as we kind of progressed in like kind of historical wise, Blake and Jameson joining back lots after, uh, what what was their show called or their their facebook page like midwest movie talk or something like yeah, that yeah yeah uh, right. but when they joined us it was kind of like oh we actually have more people involved we need to probably plan things out um and so we started planning out each episode and then the pandemic happened and it was like well we have to start planning things more in terms of what do we kind of want to talk about not necessarily what's going to be in theaters uh, and that's kind of really where I think the show changed. And I think for for the better is that we didn't focus each episode on a, a broad topic. It became, all right, each week we're talking about a singular movie and deep diving into that and having a new yeah. guest on each time. I think that's that's our bread and butter right now. And I think it's been working great for the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, two years or however long we've been doing our monthly series. Um yeah. And this year is the first time we were actually like, all right, let's look at the release date calendar. If we can relate the main topic to a movie, a big movie coming out that month, we will. If not, we're going to pull from the hat and we'll see, you know, which four or five movies we want to talk about from uh, like this month, Viola Davis movies, like, yeah, has nothing to do with anything that's in the theater. Right. Why not? Why not talk about Viola Davis movies? We could have done all four jackass movies but it's like what do you what do you talk about with four jackass yeah. movies let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the help instead uh right, right. so that's that's kind of been uh our, our plan for this year is actually planning everything out and then having a, a new guest uh or a returning guest every single episode and that's always been fun because you're gonna meet a ton of new people and get different uh different perspectives on different movies um and it for me at least it's a lot of times and i know brian feels this way too if we can watch something we've never seen before we're going to put that on the list because it gives us no excuse to actually watch that movie so i think that's a big part of it too is we'll throw in obviously some of our favorites but having movies we've never seen before and giving us like an actual reason like oh this is you have to watch it that's our homework there's no excuses so i think that's a, a good thing to at least check out new movies uh, that we've never seen before. Yeah, and I think I think by doing that, by kind of assigning these, you know, broad topics for the month, and then you know, whittling that down to particular movies each week, like you said, that does that really gives you the opportunity to see things because, you know, you're a huge movie fan, but you know, just like just like everybody, you know, no matter how big of a movie fan you are, 
there are things that you haven't seen and to kind of make yourself watch those. It's not even so much that the movie that, that you have selected for the week is a task. It's just you you haven't seen it. It's something that constantly gets pushed back or pushed off your watching schedule. But to now to have a specific reason to watch that uh, because you're going to engage with that movie with another person, uh, I think that really helps in kind of broadening your your scope and and the the movies that you've experienced so i've i've really enjoyed um kind of that that content change and then if you guys do decide to talk about new releases that's what you've got the patreon page for and you know other little bonuses too how did when did the idea click for you guys to to do the patreon and was it did you originally pick it with like a did you guys originally start doing it with a plan or was it like uh let's just let's just wing this and see what happens like how did the whole patreon thing came about come about that that came about when i when when we first started the show because i was a a big fan of other movie podcasts mostly in in la and everybody has a patreon for their their podcast so i was like all right at some point we're gonna start this just to have at least some sort of 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 revenue coming in to help pay for uh, you know, doing the podcast every week, because believe it or not, and you know this, Andy, podcasting is not free. No, <laughs> it's not as simple as, oh, I'm going to have this one time purchase of a microphone and that's it. That's all I'm ever paying for. No, this is a, no. it's a, it's a, a, a constant uh, a, a thing to, to, to run a podcast. So I think having, uh, a, you know, a source of, of, of revenue to at least offset some of those costs is, is nice. And that was always something in the back of my mind to let's, let's incorporate that at, at some point. And when we finally did, it was kind of hard to figure out, well, what's, what's going to work for this. And kind of like the main show, it was ever, uh, you know, always evolving, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't work, what do people kind of want. And I think moving towards, all right, everybody and their mother who has a movie podcast talks about a brand new release and that's their episode. And we used to do that too. And it kind of became to a point of, we're just oversaturating the market. How many times can you listen to, you know, your 10 movie podcasts in your feed and they're all talking about Spider-Man, No Way Home. Right, right. At least this way for us, it's if we're talking a new movie, you know, it's it's behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. You're gonna at least seek it out that you want to hear us, us three schmucks talk about this one movie. Uh, it's not gonna bombard your your your, your uh, podcast feed with, like I said, ten different podcasts on on Spider Man all saying the same thing on how they all geeked out about it. Um, so th- that was kind of the idea behind that and with COVID it kind of has become, well, we got to mix it up. Maybe we got to throw in some other content on Patreon as well. like some anniversary movies or uh, Patreon, you know, voted movies that they, that that patrons want to, you know, hear us talk about. Was, was, I can't remember now exactly, but I think it was, was, was free Jack a Patreon episode? Free Jack was a Patreon episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that was that was because it was the anniversary of free jack right that that's why you guys decided to do that one yeah we pulled up a a, a list from from derek he sent us a list of january like big anniversaries for the month of january in 2022 
let me tell you, Andy, there's not a whole lot of movies that had 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 year anniversaries from the month of January. Sure. It's pretty, pretty slim pickings. That's how you end up with us talking Mick Jagger's Free Jack <laughs> and Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Uh, oh, boy. Just because. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is because. You know, if you're if you if you're subscribed to the Patreon and you want to hear you guys talk about the movie, like you've got these weird offbeat choices that nobody else is really choosing to talk about at this time, and it makes it so it's kind of fun because it adds that variety of like, yeah, I want to hear Casey, Brian, and Sam just talk about this weird futuristic Mick Jagger. God, who else was in Emilio Estevez? Emilio right? Estevez, Rene Russo, Ugh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. God, like I, just it's the, the most the most random thing. And I think when I saw that pop up, I was like, "What? <laughs> what? What are you guys? Why free jack?" But I think that makes sense because it's it's such a to to kind of set this task for you guys to set this this idea of like well let's let's look at this list of movies that are selling and celebrating their anniversary and then to instead of choosing an obvious choice even though like you said january wasn't really packed to the brim with with movies celebrating and january used to be like a movie graveyard where people would release their their movies to die and i think with something like free jack you kind of you can kind of understand <laughs> understand yeah. why yeah but but it's just it's like it's it's interesting to go back and choose those because it's like oh i'm not going to get to hear any other movie podcast talk about free jack i want to see what this movie is what they have to say about it and i think that's a great i think that's a great decision that you guys made and i think it makes it uh a ton of fun because you know unless you're someone who's kind of on the uh has the inside track on backlot 605 you don't really know what to expect you don't know what's coming and it makes it so it's a fun surprise when it pops up in your feed to be like why the fuck are they talking about free jack (laughs) for me and again i'm gonna bring up wrestling because it's just gonna happen uh the way i look at how like our show kind of works as a whole is every week we have a you know a monthly series and and we have an each episode a new episode come out every every single week and for me, that's our that's our Raw and SmackDown. That's your TV. That's that's mm-hmm. progressing everything forward. And then we have our live shows, which to me are like pay per views. Like that's yeah. our WrestleMania and our SummerSlam. That's what those are to me. Patreon yeah. is like the weird like talking smack Paul Heyman talk <laughs> show that you find on the WWE Network or their YouTube page. That's kind of like off the cuff and not yeah. really in storyline, but still just kind of happens and is more more content if you're if you're seeking that out so it's like if you like the main show you watch it every or listen to it every single week that's awesome if you want more then you got to go to this other thing and wwe does that too of you're gonna watch raw and smackdown every week but if you want something else you go to wwe.com or you know their youtube channel or whatever yeah yeah and much like you know talking smack or whatever the other you know wwe talk shows are occasionally you guys will reference something that you talk about on the Patreon episode. So it's like this, like if you're involved with Patreon, if you're, if you're subscribing to the Patreon feed and you're listening to these episodes, every once in a while, it's going to feel like your, your uh, uh, super fan status is really going to be rewarded because you'll talk about it on the, on the main show. And then it's, for it's, people that don't know, they're like, what? 
it's our being the elite. That's what it is. If you want to go <laughs> AEW on this, it's our B- BTE. Uh, I love that both of the schmuckies guys, uh, it was you, you know, you and Charlie, so that we can just <laughs> filter wrestling in throughout this whole thing because I get that language. Like, I love that, <laughs> that, that world. So it makes it a ton of fun. Um, with with backlot, like I, f- I feel like you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm mis- misremembering because the last show that you were on was the Wayne's World episode. Nope, 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 that's not right. Dumb and Dumber, you were Dumb and yeah. Dumber. Um, and I think that was the, the last episode that, that you and I had a conversation on. Was that was that before? Sam had joined the the hosting duties or had he just joined I can't really remember how long has Sam been part of the the trio of hosts Ooh, uh good question I would have to look yeah. back I want to say it was around October of last year and I could be okay. wrong on that I think it was October he joined us or September because I think it was right around Supercon when he when he yeah. when he did because yeah. I, I, I vividly remember the Dracula series as Sam being on every week. So it could be could be right. that. It might be a little earlier, though. But it was definitely after the Dumb and Dumber episode. Yeah. I, I want to talk because I've always, like, I've always enjoyed listening to your show. I've always enjoyed being a part of your show. But I think you guys can probably feel it, too, that adding Sam to the mix has added a different kind of energy that, you know, it's it's not that it's it's not that it's better but it's like i don't know you guys have have different another person to bounce ideas off yeah and it gets you guys talking like longer and more in depth about these things because there are now three perspectives and i think it enhances the whole situation it just makes it a ton of fun was was it just kind of like I think maybe we talked about this sometime just you and I before that it was always you always wanted it to be a three person show and then it just kind of worked out that way or like I guess what was the idea to to bring Sam on and when you know when did that bit of genius hit you yeah Sam originally came on because of when we were doing the killer countdown Blake had found him um yeah and he's like yeah here's this guy who writes about horror movies online we should get him on a episode of killer countdown um like yeah sure why not and we brought him along on at least one episode right away and it was immediately immediately like yeah this guy he he has a passion for this he has this mm-hmm. energy that he brings with him he has a knowledge too and wants to like learn more and like meeting sam right away i could i could tell that and then when he joined me and blake on uh killer countdown and and slash lot full time it was like yeah sam is is a a perfect third person to bring on to these shows because he does add a new perspective and a new insight to everything and this 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 energy that's hard to capture um on on a show because he is just a ball of energy every time he shows up and it's so much fun and uh yeah having a another person or more than two people as a host was always an idea too because uh like i said i i before backlot i listened and watched so many movie podcasts online and one of the big ones for me uh well big two was uh schmoes no and screen junkies and they had like half a dozen to a dozen people on their crew 
And I was yeah. always like, yeah, that's always fun. Cause it's like, you can kind of latch on to one person a little bit more than the other, because you, you agree with their movie opinions a little bit more, but you always have fun with the other people because they have different opinions uh, than you do. And you're like, like might yell at them through your, your, your headphones while you're listening to the podcast, but next time you might yell at the person that you like, or, you know, stuff like that. It's just different uh, perspectives that different hosts bring. And I think adding Sam was uh, a nice little spark to add to the show um, that, that I don't know if we like, it was great with two of us, but it was, it's kind of just, all right, here's the next level. It's like a progression, yeah. always progressing forward. And I think he was just a, a nice person to add to that. And uh, again, it, for for us, it was like, all right, let's bring Sam on. He's more the horror guy, but he, he it's, it's he's not just the right. horror guy. He'll watch right. anything and everything. If like my opinion has always been, if the movie's a good movie, it's a good movie. It doesn't matter what genre it's in. So yeah. having him on there and uh, again, kind of like me and Brian having different uh, movies we've never seen before and now getting a chance to watch them. It's kind of like crossing something off your bucket list every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I'm going to I'm going to compare this directly to my life with, with the three of you guys. Uh, uh, I had we had one cat. Uh, you know, a cat and a dog. And we had this one cat that was an older cat. And then you have the second, the two cats come together and they hit it off. They're great. That would be you and Brian. You guys are hitting it off. You guys are fantastic. And then you inject this third cat in the mix. And maybe right away, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, you, 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 he's kind of the younger, uh, uh, but it, you and Sam are like the same age though, right? He's, he's one year older than me. <laughs> Sam feels like he is the youngest <laughs> one of the group, though. Uh, he definitely does. Right? So then, you know, you inject this this third part into the group, and it's kind of like, at first you're like, oh, man, he's he's kind of obnoxious. But, but you love him. You fall, you fall deeply in love with him. Those are, those are my three cats. Uh, I love all three of them very much, and I would not get rid of a part, you know, would not get rid of one of them ever ever they are just they are the most beautiful unit and that is what i think of backlot 605 it's just this this perfectly functioning unit um where you guys just get each other um you know and and i and i think it's a ton of fun to listen to i think i i I enjoy your show i i'm grateful not to be sappy but to to be sappy i'm grateful to know you guys um i feel like since we have kind of started this uh, film community here in Sioux Falls of, of people that appreciate movies. Um, it is, it has made me feel like I've got friends, uh, which is just such a nice feeling. And it's so nice to have people that, that kind of, you have these, these common interests in, and then you go from those common interests in to finding where you're, you know, where you can bond about other things in, in, you know, for lack of a better term, regular life, real life. And it's just been such a nice feeling to be like, oh, these are my people. Like these are, these are my friends. And it's like, I would, I would do anything like for you guys. So yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful that you guys are there. And I I love, I love what you do. And I love listening um, just because every, every element uh, of the show, (laughs) I laugh because (laughs) I think about, I think about Brian uh, cause Brian, 
is the same age as me. And sometimes, but sometimes I feel like Brian is like the 70 year old man <laughs> of the group, because I feel like he's gonna, you know, be like, uh, just kind of grump about something, but I need that. Like I need that, that grouchiness too. So, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoy getting to listen to your show and I, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to be a patron. Uh, I, I really enjoy, uh, getting to hear your bonus episodes and slash lot is wonderful too. So your, your, your bread has been buttered today, Casey. I, I thank you, Andy, but uh, I, I'm going to re- reciprocate it right back to you because there was an episode that I think you and Blake did. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it was a talk about. It was just you two on. And something I think Blake said on that was how hard it is for adults, adult men, especially to, to find friends after you get out of like high school and college. And it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. But when you do, it's like you've known each other forever. And, and for all of us, everybody in our, in our group from you and me and, and Brian and Sam and Charlie and Derek and Blake and Jameson, like all of us, we, b- besides Jameson who kind of knew Blake and you before that, yeah. uh, all of us have only met within the last four ish years. Right. Um, and it, but it's like, we've known each other forever it kind of seems like and uh, you always can just tell when when something magical like that happens and it's always nice to to be able to have all of us in a group and all of us just working together so well because Mm -hmm. like having Derek and Blake on the the criterion break is is awesome and again that's like this dynamic of you're going to have these three different hosts that bring different perspectives and you might agree with them on on web one episode and then next time you don't and i yeah. think like on on backlot what comes to mind is like you said with brian sometimes he feels like the oldest person and kind of <laughs> but then sometimes <laughs> the next episode sam will yeah. come on and be like like right he, he's right. the grumpy old man <laughs> like uh so i i definitely think it just depends on the movie and how, yeah. how it sparks uh, a different different side of of us on the show to come out and that's always fun when it's like two of us agree on the movie and one person doesn't or vice versa and how those perspectives come together and uh a lot of times patreon is where to find those because a lot of times we have very different opinions especially on those episodes so yeah it's just it's it's a ton of fun to listen to and you know i'm glad to glad to listen to the show but mostly you know what casey i'm just glad to be your friend man so (laughs) i think it's great um also since last time you were in the show you've had a pretty big life change casey you are a married man how's married life treating you let me tell you andy it is the exact same except kayla has a new last name <laughs> I kind of figured. I kind uh, of figured. Yeah, we we had been living together for four five years by the time we got married um so nothing much has changed uh yeah. but it's been great so far. Um it's 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 a different uh way of life though. You kind of look at things a little bit differently. Like now it's it's every time I got to check with my wife and not my fiance or before that girlfriend it's always a nice feeling to to say that now and um yeah it's been it's been so much fun and we're super excited to be planning like our honeymoon now so that's been a ton of fun um 
but yeah, but besides that, not a whole lot changes. Uh, like right. I said, besides all the work that goes into changing someone's last name, which, which we went through, but yeah, it's been, it's been tremendous. And, uh, yeah, we're very excited to, uh, keep, keep, keep on going and, and see what the future has in store for us. Do you find yourself doing the, where you're, you'll be out in public and you'll say my wife, you know what I mean? <laughs> like oh, that oh andy i said that before we got married it was constant borat it's you know this is my this, life my life i'm very glad that there was a sequel uh to borat because now it doesn't feel like that's a 12 year old joke it's now it's just oh like that's just a two-year-old joke i can tell those but yeah i uh, I, I would take great pride in just being like my wife nat <laughs> Andy, the, the 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 first Borat movie ends with a not joke. Like it's already a dated movie by the time it came out. So why, why, why not bring it back? And I, I mean, I constantly still quote Borat. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, I'm very happy for you. Uh, I know that I, I kind of had that impression that it's like you guys have been together for a long time. You guys have lived together for a long time. You just are very uh, at at like very united and and in love and comfortable in the relationship so it feels like it's just going to be more of the same except now there's a technicality to it and you guys are just going to continue to be happy so i think that's great uh i feel bad that i wasn't able to to make it to the wedding but i that was still kind of where i was like i don't know that i want to go out in public i'm weird i'm weird like that just a weird you don't want to go to iowa i get it it's weird <laughs> It's true. I don't want to go to Iowa. <laughs> to, to, to bring up a funny story quick. Uh, yeah. The, just this past weekend, we went out to eat with, with, with my parents and obviously they've known Kayla now for, for six years that we've been together and uh, almost seven years now, but uh, any, anyway, we're out to eat. And afterwards, Kayla was like, I think your dad is finally opening up and understanding who I am. And I'm like, yeah, cause you're a female me. And, he, and she's like oh yeah i guess that is true because my dad like he's this classic like man's man small town iowa type 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 of person who isn't like into movies or entertainment like i like like i am it's it's kind of more sports oriented and we were watching yeah. wrestling on in in the in the restaurant we were eating at and he's like god i can't believe you still watch this crap and kayla's <laughs> like yeah we watch it all the time i like it and it kind of immediately was like, oh, no, I have to start being nice because it's not just Casey I'm picking on anymore if I do this. It's the new family member. So that's always funny to see my parents' reaction sometimes to to interacting with Kayla and realizing, oh, her and Casey are just th- the same person, but yeah. a, a different gender. Right, right. <laughs> that's fun. That's I I enjoy hearing stories like that. I enjoy hearing stories where it's like, you know, the, the, the parents are kind of like welcoming and, uh, you know, wanting to, wanting to, or maybe, maybe making the realization of, as to why uh, the couple got together and the couple gets married. So, yeah, I think that's fun. Um, let's, let's move to talking about the schmuckies. Let's talk about one of the reasons why we're here today. So with the schmuckies, Casey, what was... <sighs> trying to think of the best way to ask this what was kind of the uh, the 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 
when did you, when did you first get the idea to do the schmuckies? We'll start there because you've been doing this now for like, this is like the, the second or third year running on the schmuckies. Is that right? The second official one, uh, yeah. third overall, because we did it one year on the show, uh, just in, in the office with me, Brian and Blake, and we just voted on it. And it was kind of this really small thing so uh kind of testing the waters of what our award show would look like but the second this is like the second big like oh it's a big extravaganza live event yeah yeah and when when did you guys like was it just after the first the recording of that first episode that you guys were like let's how how would this play for an audience like what was the the process of deciding to to make it so it was a live show I don't know how it became a live show, probably a guaranteed just from me because I like doing live shows and I'm like, everything should be a live show. Let's do it. Why not? <laughs> uh, but I, the idea again came from me watching screen junkies during high school and college and they did their award show it was like all five or six guys or whatever would get together and they'd put out their, you know, own, own nominees and winners and stuff. I'm like, well, why don't, why don't we do that? Like we're not stealing from them. It's just, it's our version of an award show. Right. And so uh, that's where the, like the first year, like I said, with Blake and, and Brian came to be. Um, but then the live show thing, I think it probably just happened after we did our first official one uh, at last stop uh, in January of 2020 was that was the first big one. And we we're like, Oh, this is really fun and cool. And people actually came out to see, see the show and actually wanted to see what we had to say. And then obviously we tried a couple other ones at, at, at spellbound after that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when award season came together, I guess it was kind of like, well, let's test the waters of doing an award show live and maybe throwing in some variety acts to bring some more people in because it's not just us ranking movies like we do with the countdowns. It's more of a, uh, a, a traditional in a way awards show where like at the the oscars you still have people performing you still have a host and different uh different award presenters coming up and delivering bad jokes why can't we do our own bad jokes on, <laughs> on a show so uh you're going to be getting some good jokes probably bad jokes from charlie but good jokes from jamie on the show uh sorry charlie uh but uh, i was going to make the same comment i was going to say the same exact thing <laughs> But I, 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 I think it's going to be a ton of fun and it's kind of a show that uh, you don't really see anymore. For me, it's like a classic TV variety hour, except it's like yeah. two hours, but that's kind of what the vibe, I guess, is going for. And again, in our award show way, and mostly just because I, again, love professional wrestling, there's an element of that theatrics to it as well. Uh, yeah. And if you guys watched last year's award show or were at it, yeah, some of that came through because of, of me and Sam yelling things like we're attending a wrestling event, <laughs> including so, today's person that we are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's, before we will still hold off on getting there. Cause I still have some more schmucky yes. questions that I want to ask with, uh, with this year's show. So you are, you are not hosting and you're not on the panel. Does this kind of put you in more of a behind the scenes, like producing role? Will you be kind of running the sound and all of that for this one or, or where, what, are, what will you be doing, doing during the schmuckies this year? 
Yeah, so I'll I'll just be behind the camera. I'm uh, I'm the the guy in the chair to steal a yeah. Spider-Man reference um, for this show because uh, it's it's a lot of work to to put together everything, and I kind of feel like we had a good we have a good balance when we do these of Brian and Sam. Here's the movies you guys got to watch. I'll take yeah. care of the entertainment and make sure they're lined up and everything is good with that. Whereas yeah. I don't need to watch all the movies if, if I don't have time and they don't have to worry about the entertainment because they're worried about watching the movie. So it's kind of a nice, nice little balance to, uh, to not have to all three of us worry about every single detail. It's more split of, well, make sure you guys watch the movies, make sure you have the entertainment lined up and the technical stuff. Yeah. And so the process of, of nominating and selecting a winner, I think is, is very interesting because you open up the nomination pool. It's like a, a, a group of like, you know, mostly our, our group of friends, but you were able to open it up this year to some of your past guests and other people that are kind of in the, I guess, movie appreciation com- uh, community here in Sioux Falls. And then, so it gets whittled down from there to the nominees. And then the voting panel is Brian Mensing, uh, Sam Lenz, and Derek Veering. Is that right? Is that the three who's on the main panel? That is the big three. And so if you are wanting to persuade someone to vote a particular way, those are the three people that you have to convince. And I think that's that kind of makes it so there's not going to be any kind of politicking uh, because if there are three movie fans that are very set <laughs> in their their opinions and their ways, uh, I think it's those three because I think they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna pick with their hearts. They're gonna pick with the ones that they think did the best job. And I think that's uh, I think that's great, but also also as someone who I, uh, I support uh, something that probably won't get any votes from them that makes it very heartbreaking to, to see something uh, go up and out there that may not get any votes. Uh, but what, like, when you, when you kind of thought of the, the process for this, like, how did, you, how did you narrow down the nomination pool of people that, that you wanted to kind of have a, a say in, in picking people? This so in in previous years it was kind of open to basically the backlot crew and yeah. you that was right. kind of our our main group that we had voting and this year uh, Brian had the idea of well why don't we open it up to like the people that attend the meetups or mm-hmm. been on the show before or our filmmakers around here kind of the overall scope of of the film community so we yeah. we reached out to anyone and everyone we thought would be interested and uh, you know like previous years we had six we probably had. I don't know, 15 different people voting this year. So yeah. it was a quite an eclectic list. And I think one of the fun things about that is you and I voting on the overall voting pool. We might have something that's like, oh, this is our number one actor of this year. No one else came even close, hands yeah. down the best and doesn't make the top five because other people didn't vote for them. And yeah. I think that's one of the fun things about this too is, your favorite might not even make the nominees and that then comes down to, well, which of the five that was overall voted on uh, do I want to win the most? And I think that's one of the most interesting things that we, we, we do with this is that uh, your favorite might not be on there, but you have another, you know, person in the running 
that that you you had in your personal five that you're like, all right, well, that's my my horse in the race now this time around. And that's who I'm going to vote for and root for on the show. Yeah, it, it really like I feel like it broadens the possibilities because there are some nominees in here that I didn't think of when I was making my nomination pool. But when I see them on the list of nominees, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what an awesome, what an awesome choice. Like, it's awesome for uh, uh, the, the lady who played Ratcatcher 2 in the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, that's one of those nominations like, yeah. Like what a what an inspired choice because she is so much fun in that movie. Mm-hmm. And same thing with uh, David Demasticalian as uh, as the polka dot man. He's also nominated, and it's like these are great these are great picks that you know are very outside the box. And they kind of there's that mashup here happening between you know what is a critical favorite like uh, you know uh, someone who's I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus on this. Someone who has more maybe art house sensibilities from time to time, and then kind of more, more of the, the popular movies. And there's a good mix of that where it's like, there's a little bit of something coming from everybody. There's some, uh, you know, the, the Shutter original Jacob's wife has a nomination in there. Uh, there's, there's a nomination for pig and Nicholas cage. Like this is a pretty broad scope of films getting nominated and i think that's really cool uh and it's something that probably would have happened a little bit if we just kept it to the six of us but opening it up to 15 people i feel like that gives you a a wider range and you can really kind of see what what people like now for you when you have to kind of narrow down the nominees to or like narrow down the votes to make the list of nominees how much of a headache was that for you, Casey? It wasn't too bad because yeah. uh, I, I, I wrangled them all together just because I didn't want you know anyone else to know beforehand what was what was going to end up being there. But yeah. if we had a tiebreaker and we had quite a few of oh this these three four five actors or actresses all received two nominations, which ones are going to make our final one or two spots? And it's then going through every single person's list and see where they ranked them. And I'll be honest with you, Andy, some of the tiebreakers were not that it was more of, Hey, Brian, Sam, which of these two (laughs) movies have you already watched? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Then we're putting that one in. Uh, So again, it's, it's our show. It's, it's it's just a fun thing. There's no stakes in this award. It's just, uh award show um it's just like like yeah it's a little predetermined until you get to the day of the show but Mm -hmm. that being said uh there wasn't too many of those i think we only had i only had one or two movies where i had to go to 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 brian and sam and be like i know derek watched all these because derek watched every movie that came out in the theater last year but if we had a tiebreaker between these two which of these two have you guys seen already and we're going to lean towards that so you don't have 10 movies you need to catch up on in a, in a month so yeah. uh yeah there is a little cheating if you will to to put some of these movies on here but it's more so to streamline everything for everybody on the panel yeah and there's this like you said this is fun like this is just for fun yeah. this is a, a nice like relaxed uh enjoyable award experience we don't need the accountants from price waterhouse or whatever to come and like tally the votes like this is just a a group of friends uh putting their their thoughts out there and incorporating some people from the film community's opinions as well 
and it's just going to be a blast. Like, I think this is just going to be a ton of fun for everybody to kind of sit and celebrate the movies of 2021. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Was there anything that kind of made it through the nominations that you were surprised by? For the nominees, I think one of the big ones that surprised me um, is, is, is how many votes Barbara Crampton received for Jacob's Wife. Um, I knew it would probably hit like me and Sam's because we are known as the two horror guys, but she received quite a few nominations from, from those, those 15. And she was one of the first people I put down as, all right, she's, she's nominated. I don't have to worry about that category with her. She's already in there. So that was definitely a big one. Um, but I think some of the other ones, it's, it's, again, I'm looking at the list right now and this this list, it is a kind of a crazy eclectic list because you have like, even just looking at best supporting actor, which none of these five guys will probably receive anything, you know, in award season uh, talks is we have Ben Affleck from the last duel. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it Tony Lung from Shang-Chi? Yep. Yep. Lakeith Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, David Desmalchian from the Suicide Squad and Jeffrey Wright from the French Dispatch. Yeah. What a bunch of weird movies to put together in the same category. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just a, a, a hodgepodge of names that I think it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of see that mm-hmm. pop up here. Uh, I think there's one category, Casey, where I haven't seen any of the nominations, and it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe one of them. I can't pull up my list right now. But who's who's nominated for Best Actress? uh best actress has like i said barbara crampton oh there's one yep uh alana Haim from licorice pizza kristen stewart spencer emily blunt quiet place two and agath uh roussel yeah titan i believe it yeah um so again what a crazy list of you might have two of those pop up at the oscars three of them no those are definitely not showing up on the oscars (laughs) right yeah, and I think it's just it's a fun it's a fun combination of tastes, and it makes it so the I, I feel like it just really adds to the excitement of the whole thing. And uh, that you know, knowing how many people nominated Barbara Crampton uh, means I should probably watch Jacob's Wife before Thursday, just so that I can you know be 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 prepared for the unexpected, be be ready just to see what happens uh, with with the three people on the panel that could be a three-way split like with because you know sam may go one way brian another and then Derek completely different so then maybe that's a good question what happens at that point if if all three select completely different choices what does it come down to at that point it'll come down to uh the overall voting pool who had the most votes in a certain category from the 15 people who voted like i said so again uh, if one of your movies isn't you know voted on by the three people it could still end up winning so like taking a category for instance you know where you have sam picks a person brian picks a person Derek picks a person and there's three different options there and we hand charlie well this is the most that could be a fourth option they didn't even bring up that ends up winning because there was a three-way tie uh, for for one vote each. So I, th- yeah. I think that's kind of the unpredictability of this show, of Oof. all the different options that could could make its way. 
Oh man, this is gonna be fun. Uh, this is this is gonna be a blast. So, uh, how can people watch the Schmuckies? Where is it being held? What's what's all the deets for the Schmuckies? The details are this is coming up Thursday this week, February 10, 7 p.m. start time at Spellbound Magic Shop. Uh, that is located in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's right on the corner of 41st and Marion in that little strip uh, mall there right across the street from Lewis Drug. Um, so yeah, the, we're going to have it at Spellbound Magic Shop. So, uh, stop on out again, seven o'clock. This, uh, show starts doors will open at six 30. It is a free show as well. Um, we can fit up to 50 is what I'm told from Travis, uh, Nye, uh, our gracious host from Spellbound. It can seat up to 50. So come on out. I think that's the best way to enjoy these shows is in person because it does have this environment, this atmosphere. I think you and Charlie talked about that last year of, uh, that's our, our last week of that's, that's something we want people to be a part of is the environment. Yeah. And I think that's a big way to watch it. But if you cannot make it out, uh, we are going to stream it like a pay-per-view on our Facebook and our YouTube pages at backlot six Oh five. So you are able to watch it at home. And if you do, please comment along, like it is a, a big wrestling event or something like that. Let your voices be heard because, uh, throughout the show i'll be behind the monitors and i will pop those up frequently or uh throughout the show as well so if you are watching your comment might show up if if it is witty and funny and i'm sure andy will have one or two lines uh thrown out there or jabs at at some of the choices made on the show i will i will certainly have opinions that 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 is for sure uh yeah i'm i'm really excited casey i don't know if you listened to charlie's episode last week where i had the painful realization uh halfway through the episode that i have to miss a portion of the schmuckies uh but i will uh be there for the beginning disappear for about a half an hour and then i will be back uh ready to spout my opinions via the internet uh I'm just I'm I'm very excited for this, and I think uh, if you're able to to watch the Schmuckies, you will be in for a treat. It is a ton of fun. So yes, I, w- uh, I want to throw one more thing thing out because I, I know we are going to talk about Bo Yo, but yo. um. I want to throw out our, our guests for the show because I think this is yeah. one of the most fun parts of it. Of course, like we're going to show up you and I because of movies when we love movies, but mm-hmm. for other people who might not have such a vested interest in the awards aspect of it, you're still going to get plenty of free live, awesome entertainment. Um, like I said, Travis and I are our gracious hosts from spellbound. He's going to be performing magic live on the show. And per his request, uh, Sam will have to be his Vanna white again (laughs) good and if you tuned in last year it was one of the highlights of the show uh having sam freak out over travis's magic so get ready (laughs) for round two of that uh but we're also going to have awesome uh stand-up comic jamie tucker on the show um who who just she's been all around town performing for the last couple years you know you might have seen her at bosses comedy or the snow jam comedy festival and uh she is also a big movie fan so it's nice to have her on the show uh as well and then aaron keller will be performing live music on the show and i've been told he's going to be performing some movie related uh content on the schmuckies so I've been trying to convince him uh, of throwing on maybe one or two 
Mr. Burnham tracks, but we'll, nice. we'll see what ends up making it to the show. But uh, he said his set will pretty much be movie related. So that'll be a ton of fun and in theme for the show. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think this is going to be great. I think it'll be awesome to have uh, those three talents involved as well. Just it's it's a fun way to get artists in the Sioux Falls community uh, out there, like to, to just combine all of this and really get every, mm-hmm. give everyone a chance to shine. So I'm super excited for the Schmuckies. Thursday, 7 p.m. at the Spellbound Magic Shop or over Facebook and YouTube. And we'll plug it one more time at the end of the show. But now, now is the moment that you've been waiting for. And we will dive into our featured movie of the week, Bo Burnham's Inside. Casey, so this is this is what I want to talk about first. Uh, this is a controversial nomination uh, because not be, not because the movie is bad, not because of, of anything that's any of the content in the in the movie. The controversy is as to whether or not this should technically be considered a film. Uh, Bo Burnham's Inside is nominated for Best Picture and nominated for Best Actor. Uh, And we are, (laughs) if there are two people to talk about this highly controversial topic, it's us because we are probably the reason for this controversy uh, because I believe we are the biggest cheerleaders for this movie. So Casey, lay it out for me. Is Bo Burnham's Inside a film? Is it a movie? Is it a movie? It's it's 100% a movie, Andy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, when the nominees, we were all getting ready to, what are we going to vote for? Like, what's eligible? Um, I think some of the parameters we brought up were no TV shows mm-hmm. because it's, it's, we're talking movies, uh, yeah. movies that came out in 2020 or mm-hmm. excuse me, 2021, even if they were nominated for an Oscar last year, yeah. we, we just weren't part of that pool where we're, this is our own thing. So any movie that came out in 2021 was eligible and like Nomadland and Judas and the Black Messiah. And uh, what was there, there? What was there was another big Oscar contender from last year that also was in consideration but either way those were all eligible and another one and this was just purely you and i saying things was yes 100 bo burnham's inside is eligible it's a movie yeah Yeah. and uh having watched this like three times in the last year for me personally and we can say this because we're not we don't have any stakes in what's going to happen thursday this is the best form of 
any media in 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 2021 um and i think both you and i probably agree on that uh at least for us personally it's the most important maybe of the last two three four ten all of all of time pieces of media um because it has this important uh message and important content uh for 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 you and i in it and uh yeah i was pushing for it big time when when nominees were were opening up for us and for me watching this it's it's like yeah 100 this is a movie this isn't it's not a stand-up special there's he's not performing in front of an audience yeah it's a it's a guy in his room chronicling chronicling uh like what he would do during a a live performance like these are some of the things he would practice here is 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 what's inside his mind of the year of 2020 2021 when we're going through this pandemic and it is more of a character study than it is a comedy than it is a musical uh than it is a drama it's a pure character study in my opinion and even filmmaking elements of this i think are are incredible that's why i would i I nominated bo for best director too because i think it is one of the best overall looking movies of the year even though it is bo burnham in a room by himself it still is one of the best looking movies of the last year yeah uh yeah i will i will kind of throw my my two cents in on this uh to spoil my march 20 something episode uh where jameson and i will be counting down our favorites of 2021 uh unless i watch something that is better than this uh in the next month and a half uh this is my number one movie of the year um i i love this movie uh and i felt it on a very profound (laughs) level uh which is if if you listen to bits and pieces of it like it's it's silly it's ridiculous like there's a song on here called white woman's instagram which mm-hmm. is just one of the most hilarious like on the nose things and you know you have that aspect to it which is like oh this is just funny but there is so much around that leading up to it going past it where it's like this this hit me on such a deep level and i think I, I know that I had definitely had him on my non- nomination list for actor and picture. Um, and I had him on my, my short list of director, but I think I wanted to try and push some other things um, just to just kind of get them out there because there was a lot of stuff that I nominated that I, I have a feeling that a, nobody else really watched or just didn't, didn't make it on anybody else's lists. Um, and I think I just wanted to try and promote some other stuff um and i i left this off of, of of director but i completely agree with you i think his his direction on this is impeccable uh there's so much technique it's it's fantastic all across the board um and yeah i i i love this and i definitely think it's a movie um i think there is an arc uh i think there is a story to it um it's it's not a typical comedy special. Um, and I think that's where there's that separation. It has elements of a special. It has the bits and pieces of what would have a special uh, or, you know, what would, what would make mm-hmm. up a comedy special. But I think like, you know, maybe switching it over to music, it also feels like it's like the documentary of an artist trying to formulate 
their next album or formulate what their next tour is going to look like. Um, so I think on that level, it can, can be compared to something like um, the, the, the Billie Eilish documentary that's on Apple, the, the Taylor Swift documentary that's on Netflix. I think there's a lot of that to it where it's, we're getting to see an artist in their habitat try and come up with this thing the only difference here is it is just that artist. There's no other people around. There's nobody, nobody filming the, the artist. It's not a conversation piece. It is kind of a look inside this person's brain uh, while they try to create this thing to help them deal with everything that's going on around them. And I think that is, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything try this before. And if they have, they've, they've fallen short. Uh, yeah, I, I think that inside is as close to perfect as something like this can be. Um, and yeah, I, I just love it. What is your, what is your kind of history, I guess, with, with Bo Burnham? Like this obviously wasn't the first thing that he's ever produced. What was like, what, what kind of, where did you start listening to Bo Burnham? Or do you remember how you started becoming a Bo Burnham fan? Yeah, when I was in, in, in high school, Bo was, so I'm, Bo's like three years older than I am. And uh, that's what I find really fascinating about him, especially when I was listening to him, uh, when I first came upon him, uh, was because of, of, of what, when that came out on Netflix, uh, a friend of mine uh, told me about, hey, have you ever heard of this comedian, Bo Burnham? Never heard of him before. And, and we watched what? twice in the same night because i thought it was the funniest thing i had ever seen uh and one of the reasons why was i think bo burnham has just one of the these ways of connecting with his his audience so well like for me he is the voice of my generation or at least the voice i latch onto to understanding the generation that he is in the most um and he comes from you know his, his starts is on YouTube. That's where yeah. he, he came to be as this uh, teenager making silly songs on in his bedroom and posting them onto YouTube and was one of the, the big viral hits of, of the kind of early days of, of, of YouTube. And I always found that very fascinating uh, how he began with that and how he has evolved from then. And I think one of the, the most impactful shots of Inside is him him watching uh, his early YouTube videos? Uh, you know, he's watching my whole family thinks I'm gay yeah. in inside, and you can just see like his hatred almost towards his younger self, and that's kind of the introspective of of why I think Inside works so well. But Bo has been been my favorite comedian as soon as he 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 came on the scene for me with with what like i said and then when make happy came out a few years later i was like yeah this is even better and has something more to say because what is a pretty traditional stand-up special whereas right. make happy you start to see these elements that really show through an inside of why he's performing still and what is going into his his mental psyche as a performer and so it was, it's it's been fascinating to to kind of see his journey uh, throughout that, and he's been such a vital vital voice in my my life for for entertainers because, like I said, he feels like this genuine voice of this generation 
um, and understanding how technology and the internet has influenced our life and culture and him being a part of it and commenting on it, I think is, is, is genius because like looking at Zach Stone is going to be famous, his TV show, which is on Netflix now. And it's kind of seeing a resurgence because of inside that people are going back to the show that should have been much bigger when it first came out. Um, People are, are really seeing what kind of voice Bo Burnham has been for the last uh, over uh, over a decade now of of him being in 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 the mainstream culture. So I think for me, he has this this personal voice that I just connect with and understand um, and really relate to um, throughout his entire career. Um, yeah, I think he's just a, a vital person to have in entertainment, and I can't think of anyone else in his in his era that can kind of that I can kind of attach myself to like that because you have other creatives and actors and directors and stuff. But for me, Bo was just on this other level. The only other person I can think of is, is Donald Glover also comes to mind of, of who, who, who else I would put in that same category as Bo of sticking his hand in all these different pots and having something to say each time he does it too, because again, he's like a, he comes from, sketch comedy right goes on community oh by the way he's also childish gambino one of the biggest hip-hop artists in the world and then does you know star wars so like he again has that that same type of voice and and is from that same generation too so i think having those people are to latch on to at least for my generation is kind of hard sometimes and i think every generation has that but you have these certain people you latch on to and you're like yeah they're what they're saying is what how i feel many times mm-hmm. yeah uh, for for me you know i i i i, I <laughs> god i'm going to sound like <laughs> going to sound like somebody else we know being a little bit older uh, <laughs> i i think i think he still hit me on the same level because I remember when the, the YouTube videos came out and he had the, you know, bow for sure, bow, bow for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or bow for show, I guess is what it is. And then 3.14 apple pie. Uh, just that, that, that kind of uh, uh, EP based on his, his YouTube videos. And like, that's what that hit in like 2000, 9 2010 like it was a long time ago and you know he was uh, a teenager like at that mm-hmm. point and i still i was like this guy's hilarious and you know over time watching how his act has has evolved um it's been a lot of fun and especially getting a chance to kind of watch him dip his toes in these other things like you know, I, I remember seeing him as one of the stand-up comics in The Big Sick, the Camille mm-hmm. Nanjiani movie, and he's really great in that. Um, and then he directs Eighth Grade, this wonderful coming-of-age movie about a girl in middle school. And it's like, what? Like, how? How, how are you telling this story and telling it so effectively? Like it's just, it was, it was incredible. And then, you know, has the supporting role in Promising Young Woman, which I believe, did he win a schmucky for, or was he nominated for? Oh, he won the schmucky yeah, for it. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Which he was just, he's, he's great in that movie. And, you know, now that we're a year removed, uh, my heart dropped uh, once the twist hit 
with who his character, you know, the the true, mm-hmm. I guess, purpose of his character. Because up until that point, man, you just fall madly in love with him and you think he is just the greatest guy. Uh, and then once it's revealed that he is not, it is it is a uh, a great moment in the movie, but man, it is heartbreaking and that really kind of sets her uh, you know, makes her come into focus on what she has to do. Uh, yeah, I, I I love him in that movie. And then this came out um, in was it April of this year? Ooh, gosh, May Early. of twenty twenty one. Yeah. So this came out, and it was like it hit Twitter that it was going to be coming out. Like there was a little like one uh, maybe fifteen second preview of Bo per- poking his eyes like into this like uh, little sliver of light. And it was very, you know, very quietly released, but kind of like there was, there was starting the general hype machine for it. Um, but that happened just a couple of days before it actually came out. And when it came out, it felt like, <laughs> it felt like the world completely changed for me I, I i that sounds so hyperbolic but as i think we'll kind of talk here there are things that are happening in inside outside of the jokes that really hit me very hard because i feel like it put words to how i was feeling um in in a year and a you know two years that have been kind of filled with isolation and and chaos and kind of emotional like uh, emotional distress uh this this put uh, a voice to things that i had been feeling and it was just i don't know it 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 at times made me feel better because somebody else was going through it and then other times it made me feel worse because it was like this just this just reiterates how I'm feeling right now. Uh, but we'll we'll kind of talk about that. So do you remember the first time you watched this special and maybe how it made you feel or what you know what you were drawn to right away from watching it the first time through? Yeah, I think I watched it right around that first week or two. It was on on Netflix because obviously as a, a huge Bo Burnham fan, it was like, oh, Bo's putting out a new special like he hasn't he hasn't put one out in forever um make happy was his last one that was 2016 so uh it's been a long time since we've seen Bo performing in that in that field and yeah so I popped it on right away and and you could tell right away this is something different than what he's he's ever done before and again like I said you see elements of that come through and make happy but this is on a whole other level of what he's doing here um and for me i think one of the biggest reasons why this movie works is yes it's about bo burnham putting together this album uh and special inside during the covid pandemic but it doesn't need to be set during the covid pandemic this could just this could have been set five years ago it could be set five years in the future it's more about a, a a uh, a human being's mental um like their mental struggles and what it's like yeah. to have depression and self-doubt and 
trying to live up to certain expectations or trying to complete a project that uh, you set out to do, uh, even if it does become a, a little overwhelming. And I think one of the big songs for me that really shines of, as, like you said, where sometimes I listen to it and I feel I feel that same way, or sometimes I listen to it and, and laugh my ass off. Yeah. And one the big one is the song Shit, where it is like some days I... I get that. I, I feel like a, a duffel bag of shit, like he yeah. says in the song. But then the next time I listen to it, I laugh because he's talking about a duffel bag of shit. Like yeah. it's, it, it's, it, it, it's this weird balance that I think he is so great at and understanding that even in one of his songs, he talks about healing the world with comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we need that, but sometimes comedy is the realest thing in the world. You know, there's a there's only a minute difference between comedy and horror, and it's what perspective you look at it. And yeah. I think this special uh, especially shows off that that fine line of balance of sh- again, should I be laughing at a time like this? Right. Uh, like every so many of the songs have such great relevance to what's going on now and what many of us have gone through in the past or will go through in the future. And I think so much of this just works on multiple, multiple, multiple different levels. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, you know, and this is, this is all of course uh, pure speculation because none of us know Bo Burnham. (laughs) I wish, wish I did Uh, Mm -hmm. wish, wish the man was my friend. Uh, But do you feel like, do you feel like this is because there's a song at the end and sometimes this song is the one that hits the most with me, which is interesting because the song is very simple, but he has this monologue in the middle of the song and it's the, it's the get your hands up song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then he's talking about how he stopped doing comedy because he was starting to experience anxiety attacks and he took some time off so that he could work on himself. And uh, let me tell you, I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I, I dabble in theater. I have not acted now in, uh, let's see, four, no, five, maybe at least four or five years. Uh, I have not done a, done a play and it's tough to kind of reckon with that. I haven't done that because it is something that I love so much, but I am not doing it because I don't feel like myself right now um there are, i told you i told you casey this is going to be a very personal discussion uh so prepare yourself man this uh, is the episode for it andy right uh you know it, it, uh, there there are things that i'm kind of reckoning with with myself i've i've gained a lot of weight i'm dealing with some chronic pain uh i have some some uh you know dealing with my own anxiety and whatnot uh it 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 makes it so it's like being up on stage is not really what i want to do i want to get back there i want to figure out whatever i need to do to get back there and i think this this whole special is him kind of reckoning with he finally got to the point where he was ready to do this again and then he couldn't because the world wouldn't allow him to do it the state of the world wouldn't allow him to do it and then as he's wanting to you know produce this form of of what he was going to go out and do 
it's bringing up all those feelings again and it really is just it the 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 name inside feels certainly like it's more than just Bo Burnham is stuck inside a room for a year it's this is the internal struggle of Bo Burnham Mm -hmm. what he is is reckoning with as an artist uh mentally emotionally all of that and you know I I think watching him kind of go through this stuff of you know why do I do this is this any is this does this matter is it funny like does it matter if it's funny like all of that really kind of put me in a place where I was like, I mean, I want to do it, but like, why, why, why do I want to get back up on stage? And I think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find that again. And I think that's what this whole, this whole special is him trying to find that again too. And it's, I don't necessarily know that it's going to speak that way to everyone. I think everybody is going to take whatever they want to uh from this uh but for me the reason it works so well is because it feels so very personal um and because it's it's dealing with things that are more serious than i just want to make people laugh um and and i i appreciate that um i kind of lost lost track as i was kind of rambling there uh uh about kind of where i wanted to go with that I, I, I want to jump into the what you said there with the song "All Eyes on Me" because, like, yeah. when he is kind of having this monologue in the middle of the song, it is. Then in January of 2020, I decided mm-hmm. it was like time to go back, and it's immediately when you hear that, it's like, oh no, because us as yeah. an audience, we know what happens in real life two months later. Of oh, yeah. he's finally in this healthy mental state that he wants to go back to this, and two months later the world basically ends and he has to then deal with that of you're finally in this mental state of, Oh yeah, I'm ready to, to, to do this thing, but you can't. And it it can heighten certain things that you're, you were dealing with before, before that. And um, yeah, I think he does such a, such a tremendous job in this movie of putting us in his, in his mind of what he's going through and just being raw and real and even in, in that song, he's like swinging around in a circle and like all of a sudden you hear him like cry a little, like coming yeah. through in the song. And he does that a couple times. And it is a little bit of a Bo Burnham comedy thing, but there's such yeah. a element of, of in a way, dark humor to it in this movie of, oh, like in the song 30, it's kind of funny that he's crying. He's going to turn 30 because it, is it that big of a deal that you're turning 30? But the way it comes out it's like no you feel bad because this guy is going through what that change means to him mm-hmm. and uh, for me who's someone who's is almost on that way to 30 like i i, I felt that because yeah. if bo burnham a guy who i idolized in high school and have felt this emotional attachment and relationship to is feeling this way how am i gonna feel when that moment approaches where he's just sitting in a dark room and it's 1159 and it hits 12 and you just see his face. It's, I don't know. It, it does something to you. It makes you feel how he feels and puts you into his state of, of being and into his mind at that moment. And I think yeah. it's just a raw emotional feeling that not many artists want to put out there. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 relatable. Like for me, uh, March March of last year, I turned forty, and the song is thirty, and there's all of these feelings about you know what it's like to turn thirty. I was feeling that same thing turning Mm -hmm. 40. So it's like, you know, you hit a certain age, the the number changes and you're kind of left looking at, you know, what you've done, what you've wanted to accomplish, what all this means. And there's fear and sadness and just so much, like you want to be optimistic about what you can still accomplish. But I think we've all been conditioned to be like, you've got to have this and this and this and this and this all done by you hit by the time you hit a certain age. And if you haven't done that, you've got to reckon with the failure uh, or, or feel like you failed. And I think the, the reaction to that is kind of like, well, now I'm at this age. What, what now? And I, I think it comes across really well, just the way that he does it. He blurs a lot of lines in this special because I'm sure, I'm sure there's a portion of it that is performative, but uh, it feels performed in such a way where I'm sure there's a lot of genuine uh, sadness, anger, like, all of the emotions that are on display like i feel like it's it's a bow burnham show but there's a lot of real stuff going on and i think that's something that he does really well and i think that might be why you know i i noticed that now netflix has like a a kind of a suicide trigger warning uh, before it, when they screen it, uh, uh, or it says, you know, when it, when it flashes the top, I don't remember that it had that, like the first couple times that I watched it, but now at the very beginning, why it's rated TVMA is because it discusses suicide and it does, it discusses suicide and it's, uh, you know, tough to hear. And it almost feels like it's coming from, it's, it's a mixture of things. It feels like it's coming from a genuine, like I'm in pain. I hurt. Uh, I want to talk about it. I want to express myself. And the best way I know to do that is to use humor. Uh, but then it also feels at times too, where it's like, I'm just going to make this joke about suicide, yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah. I just, there's, there's a, a weird blurring of reality and I guess character comedy that makes it. So it's, I don't know if it, if it adds to the, the the impact of it but i just i i I think it's so great and i mean obviously you look at if if we if you're gonna look at this as just a purely comedic this is a comedy special live stand-up comedy special still has those elements in it and you look at any other one comedians do they blur that line between Mm -hmm. reality and fiction and just because i i recently rewatched. Uh, both what and make happy he makes yeah. jokes of that of uh of of stand-up like his version of stand-up comedy is not traditional stand-up comedy in the slightest because right. uh he mixes all these different elements it's a, it's a complete show of him introducing like music stand like stand-up to traditional stand-up comedy sketch bits just different versions of 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 humor that he throws into each show. And uh, I think this again is because of the, the, the way he had to shoot this heightens all of that stuff that was kind of surf under the surface 
uh, in his previous work and now become, it rises above uh, kind of everything else and really gets shown to, to the, the spotlight of this movie. Um, and I think, but, but all of the comedic stuff is still in here mm-hmm. in pretty much every, every bit of this movie, there's still comedic elements to all of it, or yeah. there's still a little bit of the under underlying issues of the drama that is going on in Bo's head, because like even look at the song white woman's Instagram, which is one of the most you know famous songs off this album. It yeah. is, it is a hilarious song and a hilarious look at, yeah, this is literally every UGG wearing white woman's Instagram account. And yeah. he adds this little element to the song of this, this girl telling about like how she misses her mom in the middle of it and yeah. what something like that can mean that isn't always shown through in, in today's internet uh, world. Um, and he has such a breezy way of integrating all this stuff into his songs. Um, in, even in- Oh, just to say in that song, because in that song in particular, like, you know, it is, it's this hilarious song where it's just like, oh yeah. And, and how the, the trend of all of that stuff kind of, you know, picked up to build him to, 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 to make him write this kind of a song. But then, like you said, there's that middle segment and you can tell that there's this shift there because the aspect ratio changes Mm -hmm. like the it goes from the the 1.33 to 1 to like the 1.85 to 1 it all broadens out and it's like well now we're getting this genuine person genuinely talking about their feelings and all of that is hidden by this you know uh what they want the world to see and i just think that's such a great moment in that in that section like it's just it's it's yeah it really adds something to like this is a layered special like there are a lot of different layers at play here and i i really like that sorry to interrupt you i just wanted to get that out no i'll piggyback off that because and i think that's one of the reason reasons why bo burnham is one of the most important voices of of this generation is understanding all these different elements that go into the the social media internet world online culture that we live in now is yeah the pretty much the whole song except for that little segment of white woman's instagram is shot like it's an instagram photo yeah and and everything is framed like that even facetime with my mom it's like you're looking at an iphone you're not looking at a movie it's in that aspect ratio of your FaceTiming someone. Um, even in that song has one of the, again, certain ways you look at it is funny. Certain ways uh, it's really dramatic and, and you feel personal to it. Uh, and for me, it's, it's, it's the line of uh, that's the deepest conversation he's ever had with when yeah. he's talking to his dad and basically his dad just hey how you doing bud mm-hmm. he's like that's the deepest conversation we've ever had i i relate to that in many yeah. ways to what he's saying and just that one little line too of oh it's just a funny little bit but no there's there's relevancy to it it's real yeah. and then yeah. i think that's a big part of the entire movie is all of it is still very real it's in this heightened reality of we're inside bo burnham's mind uh but all of it is it's very real and sometimes very scary too. Like yeah. welcome to the internet is a terrifying song. It's hilarious, but it's a terrifying song when you look at it, especially how he presents this song. And I think that's 
it's it's not my favorite personal song but i sure. think it is the one of like like this is the best on here because of how you present it and like what i want to see more of from bo bo burnham the artist is yeah. that song there because for me watching it and you look at him and how he's set up in that he's like a carnival barker right right with the weird glasses and how he's playing uh the keyboard in that song he feels like he's he is the internet he's drawing you in it's like oh come look at all this great stuff we have but then you get into the deep dirty elements of it and it's like no this is a gross place why would i want to be here but now you're stuck here like he has this dark element to him and i love it yeah you have to take it that that song is like you have to take the bad with the good if you're going to surf the internet and enjoy things like facebook and instagram and all of this stuff you have to take the fact that sometimes those things can turn against you and there's this wide cesspool of other garbage out there that is just it's gonna ruin it so it's a little bit of everything all of the time yeah and it's just Mm -hmm. It's such a it's such a great song. Um, I was getting choked like, up there a little bit when you talked about um, the the FaceTime with my mom because yeah that that moment where it's like it's the deepest conversation that we ever had. You know I uh, do I I'll say it why not I'll just go ahead and talk about it. this is my podcast I can say what I want. Uh, I I would give anything to have another three second long conversation with my dad that just is amount to how you doing good good what's what are you up to oh nothing okay i'll let you talk to your mom again give anything for just another three seconds of that conversation and it would it would be the most impactful conversation like it would it would mean the world to me so i I think there's there's something to that we're as as guys we're kind of used to the conversations that we have with our dads now as adults, it's very short, um, but I think there's a lot of meaning to it. Um, and I think, you know, in this instance of this, this instance, especially where he's talking about isolation and you talk with your mom and you're willing to have this, you know, able to have this long conversation with your mom. And then you have a very short conversation with your dad, because that's as guys, that's what we do. We just have these short talks with other guys. Um, that it still has a lot of meaning to it. I, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, I, I got choked up when you were talking about it. Cause I kind of remembered, you know, the impact that that had on me too. Yeah. I think that's, and that's, that's something I love about this entire like album. Cause I've listened to this album so many times yeah. in the last year that every song is going to hit someone a little bit differently. Like, yeah. like we said, well, that, that one little line in FaceTime with my mom, might just be a funny little line to someone else but for for us it's like it has very different meaning to it and really any anyone can look at any of these songs and find something different to pull out of it and i think that's one of the reasons why bo burnham as an entertainer and as a comedian works so well is you have like like yourself you know bo burnham is of a different generation but he speaks he speaks about the world we live in right now in such a way that it's like, yeah, I still relate to everything you're saying because you present it in this way that is relatable because you yourself are relatable in my generation. I feel like he's kind of the voice of it, but you look at this younger generation, which apparently Bo Burnham is very huge with like the teenage girl audience. Sure. And looking at that, it, it, I, I think it's just because of how he expresses the way he thinks of 
the internet age and like these are kids now that that's they grew up with the internet that's all they have like they didn't know a world before that and i think he speaks in in such a way about it that uh it's hard not to find something to relate to in in his work yeah yeah i uh I, I find this special to really be, I find this movie, I'm not going to call it a special anymore. I'm going to, I find this movie to be something that is really impactful. And I, and I think it's something that I, I wish, I don't know. I wish people would kind of look at it that way instead of looking at, at looking at it as a kind of COVID based comedy special, mm-hmm. because I think maybe, maybe the first time through, maybe you you can get that from it but i think there are so many layers here to it that it it makes it so that it's it's something way more than that and i think that's why i keep coming back to it like yes i find the music to be very catchy and it and it's something that i i really enjoy listening to but there's something that really speaks to me on a much deeper level that makes me keep going back and watching this and I'll laugh. Like I will, I think it's funny. I think it's a very funny special or I think it's a very funny movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's so much more than that. I feel like my entire experience watching it is it's very enriching. Um, And I just, I I love it. And I I think it's the best Uh, to kind of simplify things a little bit, Casey, what, what is your, favorite song uh in this in this movie oh my god there's so many um i think in terms of like pure comedy um i think the bezos songs are really funny yeah because they are these like one minute quick little interludes and it feels like Bo was just coming up with a really cool like beat. And he's like, what am I going to sing about? I'll just sing about Jeffrey Bezos, I guess. Uh, I think those are, are a ton of fun. Um, but I think my favorite song of his, because it is kind of a different Bo Burnham than we've seen is, is that funny feeling yeah. because it is this acoustic song. Um And even he talks, he says before the song, he's like, I, I, uh, I apologize. I'm not, I'm not very good at this and like, dude you're a really good singer and a really good musician like shut up uh right but that song again has so many different elements of uh like it's funny but it has this underlying tone of yeah this is really really sad and brings up this this funny feeling we all get um and there's again a line in there it's hey what can i say we were overdue it's like yeah that kind of is true like you're not you're not wrong it's very dark and kind of depressing to think about but yeah maybe some of this was just bound to happen just because of the state of the world that we we were already in before covid even happened and i think the pandemic just enhanced certain things that were still there yeah uh before you know one of the big ones was like the the riots that happened because of george floyd and black uh black lives matter movement that rose that didn't happen overnight wasn't just because of the pandemic it was we were all in this emotional state of of the pandemic and it just enhanced everything around it and brought it back 
brought it up to the forefront. And uh, I think many of his songs do a, do a good job of that, but that funny feeling kind of, kind of brings it to the, to, to the forefront for me. And I think it's just a really, really good song too. Yeah. Does your favorite song kind of correlate with your favorite moment in the film? Are they, they one in the same, or is there a moment in the film that you really like, maybe it's, maybe it's not a song that, that really kind of speaks to you, or is it just that, just that same, that same track there? I think there's so many different tracks in this that have different, uh, like emotions that come out because of it. Um, I was trying to think of, I'll, I'll probably come back to it, but there was one where I was like, this is a total like Bo Burnham moment in here. And I'll have to think of where, the, where that was again, but, uh, I'm curious what your thought is like, what's your personal favorite song off this? Because this has easily the most tracks of any Bo Burnham again, quote unquote special. Like, yeah. There's so many to pick from. Well, you know, for, for a comedy standpoint, I really do like, and I, I think even as a song, I get, I get white woman's Instagram stuck in my head mm-hmm. frequently, like just all the time. And I find it to be, I find it to be hilarious. Like, I just think it's a very funny song. And then I, I, I think it's also very pretty. Like, it's just a very well-written uh, song. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm looking through the song list right now. And I know that the one that I go back to all the time, even though I think the song itself is very simple, there's a lot going on in all eyes on me. Um, and I, I think it is that monologue that really what, what gets me, but there's that's, that feels like in the concert, that's the anthem. Like that's the, the moment where we're bringing the whole crowd together is this put your fucking hands up, you know, and they're, they're singing this song and it just feels like it should be, the triumphant moment of this whole production. Mm-hmm. And when that ends, it ends just as painfully as so much of the other stuff, because it's like, it, it feels like he wanted to celebrate. And then once he realized what he was celebrating, he doesn't want to anymore. I'm, I'm done. Just go away, put your, put it down, put everything down. I'm done. And that's, <laughs> That's really powerful for me. And I, I, I think for me, a lot of that comes from, from my anxiety. I get very excited. I, 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 I used to be, used to be very excited to go out and do things, go out and enjoy, you know, hang out with friends, all that stuff all the time. And now I do, I do still enjoy that. I I love going out to hang out with my friends, going out to, to do particular things in public. But when, mentally i feel myself like have this uh it's like a like a dimmer switch on a light bulb i can feel the knob kind of turning and once it gets too close to the dim part i'm like i got to i got to go i got to i got to get out of here if i stay here any longer than i i need to i might break down and i don't know i don't know what what caused that i don't know where that switch happened for me but I feel like this song is kind of like, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. I am enjoying myself. I am no longer enjoying myself. Let this end. Can we let the song end? The song's not ending. Just end it now. And I don't know. It, it, 
it hits it hits uh mm-hmm. it hits on a deep level um but yeah like you said uh, uh uh that funny feeling is really good i like i really like 30 i like problematic i think problematic is a yeah. a, a a very honest banger where he's looking back at his career and he's like oh shit <laughs> this this is what i did this is what's made me famous uh sorry uh let's let's make a joke about it and and it's and, kind of commenting on that like cancel culture yeah. too in in a yeah. really funny way of like one of my favorite bits in that song is him talking about how he dressed up as aladdin in high school <laughs> and the aladdin <laughs> costume is still in his parents attic yeah. he's like i should burn it no i probably shouldn't burn it it's like <laughs> yeah we all have these things in the past that we're probably not proud of now right. um and and again it's kind of commenting on do we need to cancel everyone because of what they did in the past like what who they were 10 years ago isn't who they are now type of thing and i think that's one of the best versions of how we should deal and look at like cancel culture now and yeah that's a great i don't think there's a bad song on this entire album uh or this entire movie they're all of them hit in so many different ways um and i i I thought of the two things that i was like this is kind of classic bo burnham um one is unpaid intern again hilarious song but the bit that happens right after (laughs) where he's doing a reaction video and he just keeps reacting and keeps reacting it's this it's gold and that's why i'm glad this is in a movie version because you can't do that on that bit on stage um and it's again commenting on something i i hate on the internet reaction videos um but they get views for some reason and again that's something bo was bringing up and another bit that he has is the where he's playing the first person game where he or or the 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 video game of himself in the room and he's doing a live stream of it and trying to figure out what's next and it's just all you do is sit in this room and cry and you can't leave and that's it (laughs) yeah like this is this is gold this is genius um yeah but i think my favorite were like if again if i was in if if i was in high school again and i was Mm -hmm. discovering bo burnham for the first time the line that would like stick out to me is in the song sexting is where he's uh you know singing a a a t and t just like (laughs) (laughs) like like every song has that kind of moment of like, we're just going to repeat nonsensical things like, Hey, Hey, just him to throw in, Oh, this is a song about using your cell phone and texting yeah. people. A T and T just why, why does that need to be in there? It doesn't, but it's hilarious that it's added to that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I think it's, I think it's deeper than anyone expected it to be. Um, and I think it, it's the kind of thing that, that continues to pay off like on multiple watches, there's still something there that, that, you know, maybe I'll watch it one day and something will hit differently than it yeah. did. You know, the last time I watched it, um, we're, I'm going to try something here. I'm going to, I'm going to try a little something uh, just in case Derek, Brian, or Sam Lenz are, are listening to this show. If, if you had a chance to say something that could potentially sway their vote, 
what would you say about inside to to uh you know try and win over their votes so that this movie so that this movie can either be named the best picture of 2021 or so that Bo Burnham could be named the best actor of 2021 I think we need a look at when did this came come out of the best picture nominees which of these had the most impact on people personally which of these movies had the most impact on our world culturally which one of these movies if we were to go back uh 10 years into if, if we were going to go 10 years into the future and we look back on what came out in 2021 and what did we pick for best picture that defined that year for me looking at our nominees for best film inside is the clear winner of what's what many of us if not all of us went through at some point uh during 2021 and a movie that is still going to be relevant like i said those 10 years later when we go back and rewatch inside um is it a stand-up comedy special yes is it a pure comedy yeah is it a musical yeah is it a drama yeah it is all of those things is it this weird experimental film about this guy using his cell phone as lighting to light certain shots and have it spin around his head while he's holding it in his hand. Yeah. But you look at that and you're like, that's beautiful. It looks amazing. And I don't know. It has the, it has this, this impact that none of the other best films I think have, uh, in the same way because you have great films in there i think all of them really stand out in different ways but you look at the movie that defined this year i think inside is that movie i think it is a uh definitely a snapshot of the year that it was made uh the year that it was released um i think it is a it is a time capsule so that if you were to you know, if, if you were to describe this movie to somebody like 10 years later and say, hey, you should look, you should watch Inside um, so that you get an idea as to what, what it was like to be someone who was kind of living during this, the, you know, 2020, 2021, what it was like to be a person, maybe, maybe even an artist kind of stuck in isolation stuck with their their thoughts stuck with their creativity and not really knowing how to get that stuff out i think i think this is the best summation of that and i think there's we've already kind of talked about that there's a lot of depth to it and a lot of importance in what's being said it's like you've got your you've got your jokes you've got your random moments of like oh this is funny this is silly you know but at the same time these silly moments are happening while every uh i guess kind of interstitial is like you know this this guy kind of dealing with the world around him and wrestling with whether or not he should even be making these jokes you know should i be should i be laughing at a time like this it's there's there's so much more going on here than just being a person stuck inside during the pandemic there is an artist wrestling with their creativity and what they're going to do next and what to do when you're trying to bounce back from dealing with anxiety and depression and that's what makes this a 
wholly engaging piece of cinema uh that i think is it's it's captured in a very artistic and uh, exciting way uh and yeah i think for me this is absolutely uh the best film of 2021 and should get the vote and and the performance that that bo burnham is giving in this uh hour and a half long document of his life is uh, emotional is funny is uh, enthralling um yeah so i think i think you know i i i'm saying that and even i would vote for another performance for best actor just because there's another one that i'm madly in love with uh but as far as best picture is concerned uh i think you would really have to convince me that something else deserves best picture over this I'm gonna. I was just gonna say the same thing. It is it is my runaway winner for best film, in my opinion. But yeah, Bo. I don't know if he's my best actor of the year. If yeah. I was to vote on this, I don't know where you lean. But just for me, because of this one performance and his overall impact on this year in film, yeah. Andrew Garfield is my boy this year. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I love everything that Andrew Garfield did this year. Uh, but for an actor to make me kind of stop and go, why haven't you been doing this instead of straight to video movies for the last 10 years uh, makes me vote Nicholas Cage yeah. uh, for pig. Just yeah. Hands down for best actor. I think that's the hardest category this year. I agree. I agree. Completely agree. Uh, Casey, it has been, it has been so great to finally get to talk to you about this special. I know that we, you know, in person, especially right after it came out, we were like, did you watch it? Did you love it? Yeah. And that was kind of the, <laughs> the, yeah. the, 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 the most of our conversation. And then, you know, you kind of asked the, the, the topic was out there if this should be eligible. And I was also like you, absolutely. Like this should absolutely be eligible. If we're having to get into semantics of it, it was in theaters. It played in theaters. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Jacob's wife even played in theaters. So this has it over that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is, um, you know, something like the house on the, the haunting of Hill house and midnight mass. Those are definitely different things. Those are uh, TV shows and, and those, mm-hmm. you know, don't go into movie awards. But something like this, where it plays as a film and and can be played theatrically and have some kind of residence, I I think this is hands down uh, definitely a movie and certainly amongst the best of the year. Um, So I am hopeful (laughs) that it stands a chance uh, this Thursday. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm super glad that this was the one that you wanted to talk about. I have been looking forward to this for, for so, so long. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm super glad we got to finally talk about this because for both of us, this is such a important movie that came out in the last year. I'm glad we got to finally discuss it. And I'm just going to throw this out there to, to people listening, not even to sway your vote on inside anymore. Cause yeah. The, th- the three gentlemen, you know, Derek, Brian, and, and Sam, they, they're going to vote for what they're going to vote for. But right. I'm going to throw this out there to everybody out there who has watched Inside. Go back and watch Make Happy yeah, and just watch the ending and kind of have Inside in, 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 in your mind at that end point where he is doing his Kanye song bit and the, the ending where he walks out of this room that he's in now in this movie and has this kind of 
big emotional moment with his his I don't think they're married his partner um outside of that room uh I think that's kind of a poetic precursor to inside in a way and yeah I think it is a very powerful moment looking back at it uh you know five years removed from when that came out yeah it's it all makes me want to see you know I want him to take his time I'm sure I'm sure that this really stirred up a lot of other feelings that it might take a little while before he wants to produce something else Mm -hmm. uh but i would love to see a follow-up to this to see what what what's it what's going on in his head now um and but i'll I'll take it whenever he's ready Mm -hmm. to give it so i'm excited for him to hopefully like as soon as he can and wants to and is willing and is able to hit the road again because i know he was in brookings when make happy came out and I didn't make the trip up there. Now looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I should have gone up there because that might've been a one in once in a lifetime moment to, to, to see him. But hopefully he, he comes back to that when he is, he's ready, but at least we all know he is ready to continue doing creative works might not be stand up comedy, but he might make a feature film. He'll, maybe show up as a supporting character in a movie at least we know he's still ready willing and able to uh putting put himself out there um for the world to see yeah yeah completely agreed uh casey this has been a blast uh you have previously done the fat five so i don't have the fat five for you today but you have not been on this the show since I have added a new question. So you get one big question, Casey. Are you ready for the question? I am ready. All right. So the name of the show is Let's Taco About. I rate my movies using the taco scale. So Casey, I want you to craft for me your perfect taco. Lay it on me. I'm going to keep it pretty damn simple. I'm not going to go full chef Eccles on this one. (laughs) I'm going to keep it to, I'm just going to do a simple chicken taco, Mm -hmm. some shredded Mexican cheese on it. Yeah. Jalapenos and a little bit of salsa. That's it. Simple, 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 but delicious. Maybe a little lettuce too. If I'm feeling frisky, I don't know. Okay. All right. Yeah. I like it. I, I want to talk. That's the thing. I always do this and I'm like, now I just want to eat tacos so Mm -hmm. i think i think that's the next step of the day uh casey thank you so so much for for doing this show uh give us some more information where can we catch the schmuckies uh this thursday again this thursday it is february 10th 7 p.m at spellbound magic shop in sioux falls south dakota 41st in marion road seven o'clock start time 6 30 doors will open come on down for a night of movies magic comedy uh what else what else music music that's the other one uh come on down it's going to be a ton of fun you're going to want to be there in person i think is the best way but again if you cannot make it in person and still want to enjoy all the festivities you can check it out live streaming on our facebook and youtube pages and please like i said if you are attending in person please make some noise be loud and 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 and, and rowdy when your person wins or loses um, but, uh, also online, please let your, your voices be heard. Um, and I know 
everybody has a everybody has a, a horse in the race let your 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 voices be heard for who you want to win heck yeah and then where where can we find all things backlot 605 yeah, we are putting out a new episode every single Wednesday, and you can subscribe to us simply by searching Backlot605 on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and on our YouTube page as well. And then we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Backlot605.com. Right now, we are in the middle of Viola Davis month, uh, and next month, we are going to be doing a series that will be announced on the Schmuckies Movie Awards. So be on the lookout for what is coming in March. That, again, will be announced on the Schmuckies uh, live stream. Heck, yeah. Very, very exciting. Uh, Casey, thank you again so much. Uh, I, I, Like I said, I've been looking forward to having this conversation for a while, and I'm glad that we were finally able to do it and do so in a way where it is because... Uh, some of us have recognized this as one of the best films of the year. Thank you again, Andy, and go Bo! Go Bo! Once again, a huge thank you to Casey for uh, being on the show. And again, the Schmuckies are Thursday, February 10th, 7 p.m., live at Spellbound Magic Shop in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, You can also check out their show streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. Just give a search for Backlot605 and you will find all of the information there. Uh, Really excited to kind of see what happens this year. It should be a good time. Uh, That is going to do it for this week's episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, You can find me on anywhere you do your social media. That that came out very weird. But you you can find me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd. Just do a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Uh, Subscribe to this podcast. Like this podcast. Rate and review this podcast. Uh, You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, anywhere your pods can be caught. If you subscribe to this podcast, not only do you get Let's Talk About but you also get the Criterion break with Andy, Blake, and Derek. I, I you know, we, that's not part of the title anymore. It, it's force of habit. It's just the Criterion break. Um, yeah, but you get three guys who love the Criterion collection, and uh, you know, we get to spend uh, an hour and a half uh, a month, sometimes more, uh, talking about our love for the Criterion collection physical. Uh, and the Criterion channel. So if you subscribe, you get two podcasts, two podcasts, two podcasts for the price of free. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you'd like to just have a conversation, make a recommendation, anything like that, uh, just send an email to fatdudedigsflicks and I will... Uh, gladly respond and gladly have a conversation with you about whatever you want uh do i have anything else i need to plug hmm social media podcast email nah that's it that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening uh we will be back here next week same fat time same fat channel 
and we will talk about the Oscar nominations. That's right, the Oscar nominations did technically come out today, uh, but with the schmuckies, you know, uh, being right here, I'm going to promote the schmuckies first, make sure that the, the, the guys from Backlot are getting their due, uh, and then next week I will be joined to talk about the Oscar nominations with uh, another member of the Three Timers Club, I think now. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Jess Johansson uh, coming back to the show to talk about the Oscars. So uh, make sure you stay on board for that. We'll do that next week. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see you then. I already did my little fat time, fat channel stuff. So you know, be be excellent to each other. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.